Hey everybody. Uh, hello. Hello, 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 hello. My name's Kieran. I'm with Darcy. You know that, I think, if you're listening at this point. Maybe you don't. If you're, if you're a new, a listener, new welcome. listener, welcome. I'm Darcy and that is Kieran. Suddenly you find yourself with a lot of time on your hands or your boss isn't breathing over your shoulder while you work from home, so you're allowed to listen to more podcasts. And for some reason... You've gone past all of the many famous uh, ones and the, the sort of cult smash hits, the thousands and thousands of hours of high-quality production from people around the world. The Ron Burgundy mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, yeah. To the one where you can hear somebody cleaning dishes within the first 30 <laughs> seconds in the background. Because we cannot Because we can't the close the door because the, the room has the, too much bullshit in the it. The door of the proper studio. Yeah. Um, well, look, it's a good time to listen to a podcast called Weakness for Bleakness. Yeah. Because, of course, the world is ending. Not with a bang, but with a... Mm. Eh? <laughs> not even yeah. a whimper, just a kind of... Wait, yeah. the is it game's over? Yeah, yeah, kind of incoherent. We're not good at... It's like those final missions that you don't see coming and you feel like you're only about two-thirds of the way through the game. And, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly it's... <clears throat> and there's the chase scene and yeah. you're like, oh, this is the bit where I'll get captured at the end of the chase scene and then I'll fight my way through the compound and eventually fight the guy. But then you blow his car up and you're like, oh, uh, all right. How unsatisfying. Roll credits, yeah. Well, the credits are going to go for a while. I hope I get a, at least a gold trophy for watching all the credits now. Yeah. Not even a bronze trophy. I finished Dark Souls 3 recently, just the other day. Oh, what, I never, hap- so I what, what, what happens it. at the end? Is it a good ending? Uh, well, I did the... Do we finally win? Is everything going to be okay? Yeah, I think that's it. There was a lot of trumpets and like an awards scene like at the end of... Uh, like at the end of Mario Kart, where yeah, you yeah. go on the podium and, <clears throat> and it's, it's the pufferfish gives the you action a trophy. Run, and then, yeah, Yuria of Londor on, on, on step number two. And then Sigvard, you thought he was dead, but no, he's, he's he was just sleeping. <laughs> oh, that wacky guy. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, no, it's bleak, of course. It's bleak. And just, you know, speaking of finishing games. I must confess, Darcy, when you came to me uh, what feels like 500 years ago, and said, do you want to do a politics podcast? And I was like, yeah, what should it be about? And you were like, what about bad news? Because that seems to be our thing. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. I love bleak stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank, good good job on picking up the bet, universe. Great, thank it you. It was less this real is, back then, wasn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, this is... It uh, was definitely less real. We were, we were a lot. more in our in our safe space, mm. um, which is being rapidly yeah. subsumed into the rest of the kind of maelstrom of human existence. Yeah, and um, I I don't I feel you did a story mm. many episodes ago <laughs> about a man who was unhappy because his wife had cooked his beans. That he preferred to be kept dry. <laughs> that was a long time so ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. The bean story from the them. forum. Yep. <sighs> nostalgia, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm real. I've been fascinated with nostalgia for a bit, and just yeah, getting new insights. It's like uh, oh, yeah. to be able to complain about like oh. No, Kieran, I had a special loaf of sourdough bread and Robin 
like mm. chewed all the crusts off in the middle of the night and now I've just got a stale skeleton of bread. Yeah. Which is a thing that happened once. That was a thing I used to genuinely be anxious mm. about. Yeah. Hiding bread from my chewy uppy spitty outy sweetheart darling love her to bits mm, mm. midnight snacker yeah you might as well get the affection in now before quarantine forces us all to destroy our closest she's personal in, relationships it's okay she's in Faulkner I've sent her oh, away oh yes good good <laughs> Wyatt um, yeah I mean I, let's roll the intro music now <laughs> A modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. And all these goals are understood, but misery is a public good, so come and feed your sorrows till you're spent. Well, just to come, the captain said, the icebergs only dead ahead, the men will keep the engines fed, I have a deal with God. We're at the end of history, there ain't a hope for you or me, when workers philanthropically believe in the economy. But what a feast for tired eyes, the poison earth, the boiling skies, and everyone their own damn spies, remember when the world was wise, we no, 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 no. da Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's only two things to talk about, isn't there? And really, that's all under the umbrella of uh, the global <laughs> pandemic. All under the umbrella of surprise pandemic. <clears throat> Not surprising, <clears throat> apparently. There is a... So, before yeah. we go in, apparently, this is another thing where the scientists have been explaining to various yeah. important people for quite a while. Yep. That uh, by destroying all of the biodiversity in nature, we are creating a perfect environment for pandemics to happen. Cool. Because viruses always seek hosts, of course. Yeah. And the, but essentially boiling the science down to an infuriatingly simple level <laughs> that will yeah. annoy the uh, experts. The fewer obstacles you have to mm. pandemics, the more pandemics you have. And the main obstacle to pandemics is biodiversity. Yeah. Because you want there to be lots of different kinds of host available. Yeah. As opposed to... So that just viruses w- don't specialise. Yeah, to, to... exactly. Well, no, we do want them to specialise, right? But just to other species. Yeah. But then isn't that, isn't that still a lottery, like a roll of the dice? And yes, the dice but it's, could still it come drastically reduces the oh, okay. potential yeah. for pandemics uh-huh. to happen because there are so many different vectors. Yeah. There are thousands and thousands and millions of vectors. Now there are like seven vectors. Yeah. And we are yeah. one of the vectors and yeah. we are one of the most omnipresent vectors. Mm-hmm. So essentially, we've created a world where it's humans and rats. <laughs> and we are surprised yeah. to discover that. Can't imagine why the virus made the jump idea. from fucking pangolins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, poor little pangolins. They have a really rough time of it. Uh, they got a really good Pokemon designed after them. Though. That's true. Sand true. And Sand Slash. Uh, and Sand Slash, yes. Can't forget. Although Sand Slash that's was more of also the, one like, of the more frightening looking Pokemon. He had a dead face, didn't he? Sand Slash and like big claws. There was claws. no soul in those eyes. A bit yeah. of a, like a, a, what's the fucking, the movie, the Charles Bronson movie, Death Wish. A bit of a Death Wish like <laughs> revenge fantasy. don't need to fantasy. differentiate between Charles Bronson movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Sand, Sand Slash is a little bit like the, the dead-eyed revenge fantasy of the Sandro slash pangolin like this is what I would this is what I dream about taking revenge on people with my giant claws and fearsome features there's a uh, there's a card at the end of the movie 28 days later that says we're due for another pandemic and uh 
28 so, Days Later was about a decade ago. Fucking way more than a decade more ago, a dude. Decade ago. I'll look it up. It's like 2004 or five uh, or something. That's right. This was, was Robert Carlyle was in it, wasn't he? And he was still uh, young enough to run around and jump. No, and... Robert Carlyle was in 28 Weeks Later. Oh, okay. 28 Days Later was 2002. So 18 years ago, there I think it was 28 Days Later where there was this 2002. Card. Yeah. That's way too long ago. Yeah, it's Killian Murphy and Brendan Gleeson. Uh, and a, a, I like Brendan Gleeson. And some other actors who's I keep coincidentally... Who you forget who Killian Murphy is. He's great. I keep forgetting who the... Uh, who the uh, too many Irish people. Naomi Harris. Oh, and Christopher Eccleston was in it. It was his... Christopher bloody Eccleston. One of his breakouts. Um, oh, he was the army bastard, Yeah, wasn't the he? army bastard. That's right. So in 2002, there was a movie telling us, in a very Hollywood kind of way, that uh, we're due for another pandemic and that the world's scientists are on it, scrambling. Uh, at the Before the Trump inauguration, they ran a simulation seeing how the administration would deal with a, a pandemic and one of the people there fell asleep and it was mostly ridiculed as a stupid strategy. And uh, then he fired the pandemic people, his pandemic team. Uh, and then there was a pandemic. Who knew? Pandemonium ensued. Mm, yeah. Which is not... Uh, I'm not trying to like get too serious with it because I don't think our listeners need to be informed or <laughs> anything about this. But it's just... Intensity it's and it's wild. It's truly fucking surreal that this is happening. It, I mean, yes, it is. But it's surreal in the in the sense that, like, you know you've been engaged in dangerous activity for way past the point where yeah. you should have been caught or had something go wrong. Yep. And the moment that it does catch up with you <clears throat> is so shocking, it seems unreal. Yeah. Um, we have conservative pundits across the Anglosphere talking about the need to institute socialist policies. Uh, UBI went from an absolute fucking uh, vapour under Yang's US presidential uh, campaign to now something that people uh, are talking about very seriously. This would be uh, Biden seriously. endorsement Yang, as he's yeah, yeah. now known. Yeah. Old Biden Yang. The, I will not endorse anybody in the primaries unless they commit to a UBI. Wait, scratch that. Here's <laughs> Biden. Uh, uh, he reminded me of a kindly uncle I once had. Yeah. Yang the sellout uh, tried to get UBI up and, and uh, he was ridiculed for it. Uh, and now people are talking about it in earnest. You Yang know? the sellout sounds like a, a villain from Jade Empire. Okay, yeah. You remember Jade Empire? <laughs> I do remember Jade Empire, but it's they a hell had, of a reference. They all had honorifics. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's the one the one piece of culture uh, where they all have honorifics. Uh, yeah. If this could last a while, they're saying. I mean, it's. I don't want to commit to any piece of information because there's so much well if you work in going around. if you work in entertainment and hospitality yeah you've lost a quarter basically like that's a whole financial at quarter least a quarter tubes. there are some projections talking about uh, yeah social quarters, distancing effects for up to 18 months uh, 18 months depending on goodness me well because there's a there's a, a pocket of researchers who believe that until we perfect a vaccine uh anytime that social distancing shit is eased off we'll just get another spike and so there's going to have to be a rolling policy of kind of like we 
ease off on social distancing and everybody can go out for a little bit and then once well, the new cases... Well, this would make the global financial crisis look like a mere prelude. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a fundamental... A tedious uh, mm. uh, kind of experiment oh, in, yeah. in how to completely fuck the entire planet. Yeah. It is a fundamental and comprehensive refutation of capitalist realism. Of the idea that our lives and societies have to be structured in this way. This is the thing, right? Because uh, a lot of people who are arguing, like, oh, it's fine, just close everything down. Yeah. You know, never mind, are uh, people who are going to be fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of that dynamic, you, isn't You can there? only humanely shut down a society. Mm. I mean, you can't humanely shut down a society, but you mm. can only relatively humanely shut down a society in yeah. a mature socialist society yeah. where people have provision yeah where the engine that drives uh your economy isn't cutthroat competition yeah isn't uh isn't keeping everybody a paycheck away from collapse mm. and ruin yeah and then uh just saying oh yeah yeah so that that situation that we have been uh, laboring against mm. better judgment of uh any kind of remotely disinterested expert opinion to bring about well <laughs> uh, having finally achieved it mm. uh we're just everything's turned off <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it so, is that thing we've been we're... obviously it's not a conspiracy <laughs> well, theory it's, it's like the coronavirus is just an accident but its timing is so perfect i'm not surprised Almost, the conspiracy yeah, nuts are going because yeah, it's like yeah. all right all right all right looking at my watch the safety net, the last strand is yeah. about to be... It's been cut. Let the virus out. <laughs> yeah. I was, do you know it's about... fucking um, extraordinary, Kieran. Do you know about Mad Mike Hughes? I've, is he the guy who died in his steam-powered rocket? Yeah, yeah. So Mad Mike Hughes is a famous flat earther. I've been aware of him for a little while. I checked in on him for a while. <clears throat> and he's, his project for ages has been to prove that the Earth is flat by building his own rocket... Uh, and going up to which he did insist had to be a steam powered rocket. For yeah, reasons that I mean he's been doing it for a long time, so I'm sure that it makes sort of Mad Mike Hughes logical sense. He converted sense. his mobile home uh, into a uh, launching pad. <laughs> he was discovered mm. by a park ranger and interrupted. This is yeah. before he died, obviously. <laughs> the ranger suggested yeah. that Mr. Hughes didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's been hearing that all his. He had been hearing that all his life. Uh, he'd had several attempts. His, I think the last rocket that he built was, uh, uh, he'd managed to perfect its like engine and acceleration and stuff, but it cooked whatever was in the cockpit. So he had to revise uh. his design. Uh, he'd had his parachute fail due to wear and tear. Only there were working aircraft already that we could. Yeah. Poor yeah. Mr. Hughes. If only there was video from when a dude went up in a fucking space balloon just a couple of years ago to do the world's largest skydive. Well, no. No, propaganda, propaganda. Di digital, it's too easy to tamper yeah, with yeah, digital. Yeah, of course. I um, like to think, though, mm. that um, before he died, Mr. Hughes, in his disorientated and evidence-proof kind of state, mm. was able to look across the world and think to himself... Mm. Flat. Yeah, he got. I would hate for his last thoughts to have been, oh fuck. <laughs> I, th I think he got like twenty meters up, so I don't hold out much hope for the. Uh, 
for the success of his... I like to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess there's no way of... 20 metres would make it more likely that he maintained his belief to lean yeah, into his flat. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It ideal. could be quite sweet. This is as high as it's possible to get. Uh, <laughs> he had had one failed experiment before where his parachute had, had fucked up. Uh, and that's what happened in this one. His parachute deployed at launch. Yeah. Anybody who's played Kerbal Space Program is familiar with this oversight where you accidentally stage things incorrectly and you go to launch the... Uh, uh, the rocket, and at the same time, the parachute deploys, and the the thing disengages, and your rockets crash straight into the space station. Everybody's been through it. Uh, anyway, my my point, which I'm lazily getting to, because I think we need to forthwith disrupt capitalist modes of haste. Uh, it should have been a portent to us, a badly designed and dangerous experiment. <laughs> experiencing a critical failure because of the 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 fucking destruction of its safety uh, equipment that if the experiment had if only parachutes were called nets darcy it would be the perfect analogy <laughs> but unfortunately not instead of safety shoot which has <laughs> yeah. entirely the wrong <laughs> yeah image brought to mind yeah uh and now mad mike Hughes is dead and he didn't get to see the coronavirus so our options, because of the the way we've set everything up mm. in Australia, our option is essentially, and this is the Prime Minister's job, and frankly no one deserves it more than him, is having to explain to people, look, these are our options. Either mm. we completely and totally destroy the economy of the country. Yeah. Or, mm. uh, like a million of you will die, maybe? Yeah. Maybe less, maybe a bit more. It's hard to say. Four percent. It's not an exact. It's a, that's yeah. a general sort of thing. It is. It is. <laughs> it is higher in countries with poor responses. Uh, uh, yeah. Not by much, by like up to five percent or whatever. Well, that's a, that. That's, that's a better. lot, though. Like when we're well, talking yeah, at about scale. millions at of scale, people. At scale, yeah. It is quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, and in countries with better responses, it's lower obviously I, I was filled with confidence when um i saw biden mm. slagging off the italian health services during the debate with sanders mm. which for anyone who hasn't caught the debate like you don't really need to watch it there's not yeah i'll summarize it is basically sanders remained consistent to his message of the past 70 years yeah and joe biden lied about everything and was declared the winner by yeah. the same people who used to hate it when trump did that yeah um yeah that is basically it but biden pointed out that look italy has a national health service they keep calling mm. it single payer service which is really annoying yeah. um but we'll move past that now mm. um <clears throat> like, oh, the Italians have this thing where the government just looks after you, and guess what? Italy's like the worst affected country. Like, yeah, mm. but that's because the Italian government took forever and ever and ever and ever to get around to it. Yeah. And because austerity measures have torn the hospital sector to shreds, and yeah. because before austerity, they were third weighing it and fucking introducing mm. micro capitalism to every single phase of the hospital process yeah. they get into. It is still the thing that has kept Italy from completely collapsing. Yeah. There's so, the doctors and nurses there's and the health like service. There's a lot of moving parts there as well. Like, they were unlucky to be one of the earlier uh, affected countries. And, like, yeah, a comprehensive universal health cover 
is not the thing that stops the virus. It's the thing that stops people from being it's, thrown into the gutter. Yes. When they're seeking treatment. It's got nothing to do with the fucking capacity has, uh, of the, the done. If, if, if America were given the same proportionate infection mm. that Italy has, the death toll in America would be proportionally much higher. Yeah, well, they currently have a fucking ventilator manufacturer who's like, oh, yeah, we could build five times as many ventilators. It's just nobody has asked us to yet. It's like if that, oh, the, the pristine knife edge sharpened logic of capitalism where everything just makes sense. It's like this is the person responsible for manufacturing the thing with the greatest, most costly shortages. It's like nobody, nobody's asked us. Yeah, because market forces uh, is just a euphemism for human decisions. <laughs> yeah. It's a completely meaningless <laughs> and unhelpful yeah, funny <laughs> template <that>. to use. <laughs> yeah. If human decisions aren't, we should intervene to stop this, mm. then the market force is, we won't intervene to stop this. Mm. You know? The uh, Irish potato famine, mm. in which depopulated the country by half, you know, not all deaths, many emigrants, of course, mm. um, was something that only happened. It didn't happen because the potato crop failed, mm. right? Ireland has had crop failures before. All countries have had crop yeah. failures. The reason that the famine happened was because the response to the crop failure was different. Yeah. It was the first capitalist response to a crop failure. Yeah. Capitalism didn't do fantastically with famines uh, for a while there. Well, look at uh, look at India. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's the millions the of lot. deaths uh, caused by the British East India Company through various famines that only yeah. began to happen regularly once the East India Company turned up. Yeah, because pre-capitalist famine responses were effective mm. uh, because the primary concern was the survival of people, not the margin of profit yeah in ireland we have so i should say um the indian famines caused by the east india company were the first capitalist famines ireland mm. was the first like one that was properly documented by western observers yeah because yeah. obviously the east india company weren't prancing around being like we killed this many yeah. people this where week. in the margins <laughs> am i supposed to find somebody to record the deaths of the famine uh, whereas the Irish, uh, rather unfortunately, had all journalists and priests and people taking notes and publishing stuff. Uh, so we know, more, we know a lot more. We know a lot more. Yes. They should have uh, scholars and saints. The pen is mightier than the sword, Darcy. <laughs> What's that, that Heaney poem? The pen rests between my finger and my thumb, snug as a gun. It's mm, mm. um, a good poem. Yeah, that's not. Uh, I don't think that's how it actually starts. I don't know what you're talking about. So don't you? Um, no. So it's a lovely poem about how his um, father and grandfather and generations before were bog diggers, mm. um, cutting the bog for peat for yeah. fuel, and um, how he's not up to that, but he can dig with his pen. Yeah, through the kind of you know, great stages of yeah. Of then you've got to get the metaphor. So yeah. It's quite I, nice. It's a I, nice poem. I like anything where you can see how in the hands of a lesser poet... Oh, no, I'm taking your word for it that it's well-written, but in the hands of a lesser poet... Well, if you like, can if see one that of from my, my example, because I am a lesser poet than <laughs> James if one, of, if one of my first-year students tried the same device, they would be like, uh, I feel bad about that one, listener. Uh, some of my first-year students have been very good and capable writers. I was just 
reaching for an example of relative inexperience, not lack of talent, but inexperience. And uh, because I've been teaching and starting teaching again, that was on my mind. So I apologize to any first year writing student who's listening. I, I have complete faith in your abilities. Uh, my pen is my shovel and the bog is information and the peat is truth, which burns on the fire of justice. <laughs> like over literalizing the metaphor instead of just being like, that's as much metaphor as you need. And now I can proceed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the potato famine. Um, yes. So the lesson that we learned from that was mm. that, the um, capitalist response exacerbates and causes the famine. Yeah. The crop failure could have been handled in a way that enabled people to remain housed Mm -hmm. and fed. And it would have just been a matter of like, ah, this year there's no money, but everyone's alive and everything's fine. Yeah. Um, But because money comes only from surplus and because profit has to be delivered consistently and repetitively yeah uh you have these violent uh, crimes against humanity take place mm-hmm. where the simple calculation is i don't get fired if these people die i get fired if there's no profit yeah these people die yeah yeah yeah, and we're seeing... Uh, it'll be interesting to say the way that different governments, especially since the fucking morons have elected right-wingers in every country, uh, respond to this challenge. Well, look, in times of crisis and uncertainty, mm. you need foolish people who ignore evidence to administer great nations. <laughs> it's very important. So you're saying that Trump could be our saviour. Listen, Look, some of the Republicans <laughs> have been proposing some pretty wild shit. They're, they've been at the front lines of talking about UBIs and stuff. Not that... Well, was, Nixon was very fond of the UBI. Yeah. There's nothing inherently left-wing about a UBI. Um, no, but in the current political dynamic, it's definitely seen as the left. Money for nothing. Well, in the current political dynamic, any attempt to repair problems mm. is considered yeah, yeah. freakish manifesto. want to build society? <laughs> want to build it up like some sort of fucking idealist? Just like any thought process that is not directly based on hatred, fear, and a refusal to acknowledge evidence is yeah. considered left-wing now, which yeah. I'm sure wasn't always the case. Mm. I don't want to, like, throw bones to conservatives of the past, but I'm fairly sure there was a... There must have been a point yeah. where there was, like, a wedge or block of conservative voters who were like, eh, mm. I don't mind making compassionate decisions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see it now. Every six months, there's an op-ed from a billionaire who's like, they're going to eat us if we don't fucking change. And then everybody's like, oh, isn't that nice? And it's mostly used as a way to launder the collective image of billionaires. It's mostly used as a way for a billionaire to make sure that he's not the one who gets eaten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this was very common in Renaissance Italy. One of the Mm. ways that um, your Florentine bankers could safely traverse the city was yeah. by conning the poor into thinking they're on the same side. Yeah, yeah. The Patsies built their palace and the Green Dragon um, 
Gonfalon, which was the poorest quarter of the city. And, yeah. You know, they made a great point of scattering coins around and employing yeah. locals to do stuff for them and so on. When the great calamity uh, comes, remember it was a me, Greg Medici, who was the least contemptible of the Medicis. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Kill Lorenzo first. We hate him. Uh, yeah. I think Lorenzo inspired a certain level of uh, popularity from the people of Florence because mm. he didn't bother hiding his wealth and power quite yeah. so much as... I don't know a fucking thing about the Medicis, except I know the names of Cosimo and Lorenzo. So Lorenzo il Magnifico was yeah. so named because he occasionally violated the families. The family had very strong sumptuary discipline. You know, they weren't supposed to wander about flashing their money yeah, uh, for obvious reasons. Mm. But Lorenzo would occasionally get dressed up and run around town drunk. Uh, and people appreciated he, the fact he that he Bruce was... Bruce Wayne it. Yeah, and, you know, some of the, like people were like, oh, at least he's enjoying the money, not yeah. like his miserable cunt father. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this brings us neatly to a piece of levity. I know that we're very unstructured uh, and we're leaving threads hanging, but I don't give a shit. Uh, a piece of levity to cut through uh, <laughs> the relentless, dark, thick, inky smoke of despair that's hanging over everything. Uh, Elon Musk. Oh. Our old friend. He's a clutch player, Darcy. We he have another Musk He comes through. All right. About a week ago. Share your Musk. Uh, about a week ago, just before it, like, everybody was forced to... You know, there's all that footage from, like, Fox News around March 7th, 6th, 8th, where they're like, this is a hoax. Uh, it's not that dangerous. It's safer than the flu. And then all the footage now where they're like, it's bad, oh, it's yeah. really bad. I was incredibly complacent about coronavirus. When it first me too, started. me too. So in the in the complacent times, but toward, to be honest, towards the end of the complacent times when we were starting to see how serious it was, or starting to understand how serious it was, uh, Elon Musk gathered his workers uh, from his Tesla car manufacturing plant and said... These are the famously well-treated, healthy workers yes. who don't have back trouble. Yes. yes. Uh, and said, don't worry too much. You're more likely to die in a car crash than you are to die of coronavirus. Oh, and he said it in which miscellaneous villain it, voice. Yeah, yeah. Has, oh. You're more likely to die in a car crash. Yeah, which is the manufacturer <laughs> of self-driving vehicles, which have in like very publicly killed a bunch of people due to the failure of their autopilot system just seems like the worst possible comparison you could choose. People did say- There's a reason that people say you're more likely to get struck by lightning and it's because there's no way of that biting you in the ass and somebody being like, aren't you personally responsible for people being struck by lightning? Look- there were lots of people who were mm. determined to use what was obviously an extremely early version of auto-driving technology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to be like, yeah, I'll set this on the freeway. No yeah. trouble. I'm not I'm not saying that Elon Musk is uh, personally culpable for car crashes as a whole or <laughs> that like the Tesla auto-driving crashes are in proportion much worse than regular crashes or anything like that. It's just on an aesthetic level. It's very the funny. The dumbest fucking possible comparison he could have drawn. Elon Musk loves to be very funny. He's a funny man. He's a funny guy. Yeah. He also released that song, which sucked. I don't know if you Really? Know. 
yeah. a shitty billionaire vanity project. Yes, Goodness and he me. did it in exactly the sort of fucking, like, attention-grabby, like, please reward me way, where he, like, tweeted out that he was in a, in a studio and then, like, a little bit later tweeted, like, writing the lyrics for a song called Good Vibes or whatever, uh, or That Vibe or some shit, and in that way that it's like, ooh, is he serious? Ooh, is he not serious? And just, like, kept poking at the at the fucking social media sphere and letting people know that he was doing something and then released it and it fucking sucked you just reminded me of triple j um i've had to listen to the hottest 100 recently because i have a job that i have to go to where there are customers and they make unreasonable demands the first hottest 100 or the hottest 100 of the decade this was the decades one the list the of first that was hottest one hundred. I also yeah. had to listen to uh, again mm. f- because of the same distressing set of circumstances. Yeah, but they kept interrupting it, uh, of course, with advertisements. Yeah, and one of good. them was for Rebecca Black's uh, Australia tour. Ah, uh, yeah, it's good. I knew uh, that there had to be a reason that people were talking about Rebecca Black again. That's right. She's on tour, mm. and I hope she makes lots of money out of it. To be honest. Yeah, I Rebecca Black's one of the very few people I don't mind making. I've money got a lot of affection for Rebe- Rebecca Black because of she was a good sport. The completely about- demented <laughs> fucking response that came yeah. from people about yeah. that stupid song she did. Her terrible fucking song, uh, which like you know, it's a good laugh. It's it's bad. It's a very it's funny a- bad song. Yeah. And she was a champ about it, so, you know. What, what, what it was done... Uh, this guy, his job was essentially mm. taking money from families to do shitty songs yeah. for children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which he, for some reason... I think the, the, the best bit is that he insists on appearing in all of them. <laughs> yeah. extremely strange Just in case, that, that weird, just not quite savvy enough vanity fucking thing where it's like, maybe I will become just the famous one. takes off. <laughs> I'm writing all of the music and... Oh, God love. Might yeah, as well be doing the singing with auto-tune. It, yeah. But it looks like coronavirus may be scuppering that as well, Kieran. Yeah. I mean, I also don't give a fuck about that because it must be said, while I have a lot of affection for Rebecca Black, I don't think that the victims of great public shaming things are necessarily entitled to turn that into a celebrity. I don't think anybody's uh, entitled career. to turn nothing into riches. Yeah. I just mind less. Yeah, yeah. I could. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> this is the couldn't give a shit hour. Like, things which are interesting. But which because it's just like it's, it's, it's a little bit it's, it's less about uh, the success of Rebecca Black and it's more about <laughs> uh, <laughs> this only happened because of all the weird fucking lunatics who decided to yeah. try to grief a child <laughs> the yeah, yeah. actual adult human beings in their like 30s 40s yeah. and 50s <laughs> decided to bully and shame a 13 year old online yeah this money is all because of you. You inadvertently created the monster. Gormless pr- sandwich making pricks. And another little look back into the fairly recent past where it's like, man, we cared about. I know this was a thing. This, this was a, this was an actual international news story. Yeah. Oh God, love it. It would be a, like, it's something on the level of like bigger than before. Do you remember that thing? The egg? The egg meme from last year, I bigger do than before. Not. You might that one might have passed you over. Maybe Friday would have been a little bit bigger than that. But there was this bizarre egg. Uh, you know those. Is like, this Egg Boy? Something no, not Egg Boy. Boy. Although Egg Boy is maybe a better comparison. But no, now Fraser Anning's uh, been declared yeah, officially yeah, bankrupt. Yeah, exactly one year after being egged, it was good. 
Uh, I, now, now I have to get through egg through bigger than before. You know those craft videos where it's just like a top-down view of like a table, a workspace, and you just see the hands making the craft, yes, or whatever, and it cuts between the steps and stuff. There was this one that came out that was just like somebody taking an egg and then like put soaking it in various solutions and stuff, and some of the solutions made it bigger. So there was like the caption was bigger than before after these uh, steps. Uh. And at the end, the person just ended up with a large blue egg. And it was never quite clear what the purpose of making the big blue egg was. The repetition of this phrase, bigger than before, captured people's imagination. (laughs) It it crossed the internet like wildfire for a week. And then it was discarded because we live in such a a glut of information at the moment. I feel like if... It's extremely boring. Who gives a flying fuck? Yeah, I, I... I feel that like Rebecca so Black's song would have been the same secondary thing if it school came out experiment. Now. It probably would, uh, but then it's hard to say because it's mm. sort of like the the act of uh, it's not like a double slit test at all. But it's <laughs> our brains conceptualize it as being. We don't we don't always have to compare things to the mysteries of quantum physics. But our brains <laughs> conceptualize these things as being similar, right? Yeah. Because Friday has happened and mm. had its cultural impact it's impossible to then assess mm. how different things would be if it came yeah, out now that's true that's very true because now is a function of it having happened already yeah yeah that's that's good we are in the always already as the post-structuralists are fond of saying uh are you still listening <laughs> <laughs> that dude made hundreds of songs before friday and hundreds of songs since and none of them have done numbers like friday so you know no, well, look, it was it was very very good fortune for him. Mm. I suspect um, I suspect he's going to be financially substantially more secure than either of yeah. us ever will, yeah. off the back of that one thirteen year old's two minute song. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing annoying about that. <laughs> good old capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, Darcy? Man. Uh, should we talk about American? As so, so shall ye reap. Uh, should we talk about just American world politics theory. briefly? Just world, baby. It's a just world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, American yeah. politics. There's still a lot of wine and lonely girls in this best of all possible worlds. Another recklessly optimistic song from the past. Chris Christopherson's best of all possible Chris worlds. Chris Christopherson has not had a huge amount of experience with wine and lonely girls, is my suggestion, if he thinks that makes for a pleasant evening. He's much mistaken. I think that the lonely girls and the wine that Chris Christopherson... Well, no, I mean, I guess those are songs from his poor... Lonely days. People and Alcohol is yeah. a recipe for disaster and hysteria. An essay by Darcy Moran. <laughs> a moral rebuke of Chris Christopherson's first album. It's not a moral rebuke. Uh, it's, it's a practical concern. Mm. Uh, well, I, I, I you know, will take the other side of that just out of sheer convenience. Uh, I mean, yes, it is a predatory lyric, mm. but it's also, you know... It's I don't know if it is a predatory lyric. I think he's just, he socializes with a lot of... Curving around, looking lot, for lonely, lonely people women to get and drunk. he likes getting drunk. I don't think that he's saying that he'll get lonely women drunk, because the overall theme Sounds of the album like is that he drunk. likes getting drunk, and he likes getting drunk with women, and he wants to go out drinking with women. 
And by the moral standards of this time, you can talk about the difficulty of uh, I think Chris Christopherson should go to mutual prison. Mutual inebriation. But at the time, it was seen. No, it was still back in the don't before give me times. Relativistic leftist the, bullshit, Karen. Before the hermetic seal came down on all our houses, and you were trapped in Mads in my place oh, for Jesus <laughs> four years. What a disaster! Uh, That's already happened once. Yeah, it was good. It was good times. It was eighteen months, I think, but it felt like many years. Was it really only eighteen months? I think it might have been because I. When did I move in? Two thousand and twelve. I don't know. If you ask me to comment on years or even how long I've been here, <laughs> my existence in this place is very much like You're a Samuel the, Beckett, play. the no-eyed raven, <laughs> living beneath in the roots. I've been here for countless ages. <laughs> yeah. You wandered into this closet like five minutes ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> And yet the moths descended many months ago. Look, <laughs> yeah. Look at my clothes. The fucking the moths got my are eyebrows. Absolutely out of control. I've, I've talked about the moths before on the podcast, right? We've both complained about moths on the podcast. Yeah. We have lots of concerns that were shared mostly by like us yeah. and um, housewives during the depression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is, we've got fucking camphor in the cupboards again. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Oh man! Let's just, just a couple of cool young guys. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I vacuum seal my tweed suit, I'll be able to wear it at the community dance next year. Uh, oh, Mansa's overcoat. She pulled it. It's like out of a fucking Chekhov play. She pulls it out of the cupboard and is like, "Ah, oh, no, it's got holes in it from the fucking moths eating it." She spends the next two nights darning it. <laughs> Sitting on the couch, sewing holes in her winter coat. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Fucking hell, Darcy. <laughs> oh, man. Should we talk about American politics? <laughs> yeah. Briefly. I've tried to avoid it as long as possible. Yeah. All right. So, Jail Chris Christopherson. Go. Uh, <laughs> free Christopherson. Uh, it's, Rape was fine in the 90s. Yeah. The 90s? I don't know. When I, did he write? Who is Chris Christopherson? He was he's a an actor and a folk singer. An actor But mostly I mean his folk singing is his main thing. He was like a contemporary of like Johnny Cash and shit. Ooh. He's still around. Oh well, that was the rape generation, wasn't it? Yeah. They and were the worst though. By guys. their standards, he's quite good. Sam, I've reevaluated it completely. He's a very nice guy. He was one of the only people who stood uh behind Sinead O'Connor when she was criticizing the Catholic Church. Oh, there's that famous... Uh, Sinead O'Connor gives me lots of feels. Yeah, that famous Poor performance darling. where she, uh, where everybody booed her and yeah, she stood there I defiantly. Remember. Chris Christopherson is the guy who comes out and was like, you're doing a great job, don't listen to him. Doesn't make it okay to be a rapist. And then you, try to, then you try to listen to Sinead O'Connor's music and it's like, it's not bad. I know a lot of people like Nothing Compares to You. I find it a bit boring in the way that the really slow ballads, uh, pop ballads of that time could be a bit boring. Anyway, uh, Joe Biden is fucking falling apart. Speaking He's of defiantly brain. standing against institutional wrongness, yes, um, <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about fucking Joe Biden. Boy Howdy Biden. Yeah, the they were. Ah, oh, fuck! I'm ch- I'm expending a lot of energy trying to figure out a way to say Biden. Biden. Uh, now that the last <laughs> public debate of the campaign is over, they can go back to Biden. Biden. They can. So the primaries are going on. Lots of lots Super of his ch- people were very defiantly mm. saying, "Oh, look at that! 
intellectual decline my ass. Did you see that debate? Yeah. When they shot him full of the aphrodisiac that they used to convince tigers to breed in captivity. Uh, he was quite cogent and present on the stage. Uh, look, Super Tuesday didn't go great uh, because everybody coalesced behind Biden. There's been two rounds of voting since then, including one in which uh, irresponsible people from the DNC and, and, and Biden's campaign encourage people to go out in the midst of a pandemic, which disproportionately affects old people who disproportionately staff polling booths. And Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, you know, they don't give a flying fuck about people. No, so yeah, it's yeah. not really... Manifestly. It's only uh, irresponsible from our perspective, from yeah. their perspective irresponsibility is surrendering power to the progressive faction of the party. Yeah. Um, even as they realise that they Kieran. have to adopt most of his policies, they still uh, must resist. Well, burning. the thing is that they safely can adopt his policies, yeah. right? Because they're still guys who get paid to throw fights. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter what fighting style they adopt. Yeah, that's very true. They're not, they don't want to win this election. Or they don't, I don't know. They want to win the election. Be... They want to win and then get paid for not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. I think that they would be happy to win against Trump, but I don't think it's their... I think that, like, that's their their first priority is not letting Sanders win. Their second priority is... Uh, distant second priority is beating Trump. Yeah. So... This is true. Like, this is true. It's it's like um, being on the roster. You still get paid. Mm-hmm. You know, you get bonuses for being at the top, but you still get paid. You're still yeah, doing yeah, fine yeah. if you're on the roster. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, do we, have, we don't have to go particularly wonkish with it, I don't think. I don't think our listeners have the energy. I know I don't have the energy. It's looking bad for Team Bernie. Biden's margin is widening. Um, yeah. It's, it's a widened Biden. Uh, yes. It's not over. Uh, it's not. People Biden... have made hay of the fact that Obama was uh, behind by more delegates at, at a couple of weeks ago's point. Yes, uh, he was than, indeed. Than was. And Biden was... Sorry, Obama was tracking back by now. Yeah. But uh, mathematically, mm. there's still everything to play for. Yeah. The problem, the concern is the mm. momentum. Um, yes. And the narrative um, mm. in which, uh, again, I, uh, this can't be stressed enough, a duplicitous media class who pretended to find lying offensive when mm. crass idiot Donald Trump did it, yeah. are 100% comfortable with it. They endorse it when it comes out of Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I endorse... I haven't watched the debate. I've watched clips of it, but I haven't watched the whole thing. I'm not going to, and I endorse your uh, recommendation that people don't watch it. But the one bit that I do know about that I want to lens in on was, uh, yeah, firstly, just acknowledging that almost everything that Biden said about his record and policy platform was objectively false, provably false, and that the moderator uh, gave him a pass on that, but that also that the moderator pulled Bernie up and was like, now, now, hold on, uh, when Bernie was saying that Biden has a history of wanting to cut Social Security, and the moderator said, hold on, you had a policy about adjusting Social Security back in the day, and it's like, yeah, that policy was to raise yeah. social security, to but expand it. It says so much about the mindset of these people that adjustment yeah. necessarily to them means yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, diminish. It tricks, that's if they're being uh, sincere. Of, 
also probably they're just being disingenuous because uh, they don't give a fuck. They don't, CNN, MSNBC, they don't give a fuck. And Crystal I, Ball's all right on MSNBC. Crystal Ball's all right, but she's... Uh, is she, like, permanently on MSNBC or is she just a frequent voice? Lex Yang is a CNN frequent. Um, Crystal Ball, she, I, th- I'm, I think she co-hosts her own show. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know what it's... I forgot what it's called. Yeah, she has that show with that conservative dude uh, where it's supposed to be, like, an odd couple kind of setup. Does she still do that? Mm, I think so. She's got. I know she's got a regular show with another progressive co-host. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I don't know enough about Crystal Ball to to comment on. But the, uh, the, in any case, it's the like oh, there's organizations that, as a whole. Out of all of MSNBC, there's that one all right. Yeah, person. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Inclu- there's Jen also the- from the Young Turks was yeah. at MSNBC for like yeah. six months and decided it was the worst mistake he'd made ever. <laughs> there's also the Hardball Chris guy that uh, is he MSNBC or who was Hardball Chris with? Uh, Chris Matthews, I think his name was. I think it. I don't know. It was either MSNBC or it was CNBC. CNBC, yeah. Uh, they who, need who to have like just pissing not- his pants because he was scared <laughs> that a Sanders cabinet would execute him in Central Park, and he compared <laughs> Sanders and his supporters to the Nazis. And was forced to resign because yeah, even right. for these fucking ghouls, that was a bit too much. That's right. I mean, he's been like an incompetent fuckwit for ages, though. He, yeah. He oh, was, he's, he was already very unpopular. He's the most dopey-eyed, pudding brain fucking dude. Like, it's an embarrassment that he was allowed to be seen as a senior news guy. Yeah, I think that was a perspective. He was very unpopular with um, women viewers, especially. I can't imagine and, why. Uh, and colleagues, women colleagues, were not crazy about mm. him either. Interesting. Well, now he's dead. Executed in Central Park by the Sandinistas. Wouldn't it be good if pundits did get executed in Central yeah, Park? Yeah, I mean, don't give me ideas, Chris Matthews, because it's sounding pretty fucking good right about now. Uh, everybody's a bit keyed up. I, I putting I, the I, image of revolution in there. My first vote is for Thomas Friedman. Mm. Yeah, sure. Old Walrus Friedman. Yeah. Um, or is it Friedman? I can't remember. No, Friedman sounds right. Uh but you've done that thing where you've the question of whether you're right has displaced the knowledge in my head. Yeah, and mine. <laughs> I think I think Friedman. I think you're right. Um, There's an algorithm that allows you to write his articles. Yeah, I've seen. I've very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, fuck. What, what was the thing? Yeah, the the media are dishonest, and I don't know if I were heading up a big news organization, the last thing that I would do was just be like, "All right, I will be what Trump wants me to be." And just become that dishonest. Like, people are aware of it as well. as A lot of people aren't, but it's gotten to the point where the penetration of the knowledge of what these organizations are is approaching that with as uh, approaching the same level as with Fox News, where like a lot of people just know it's bullshit. Yeah, but they it, still let it form their opinions anyway. Yeah. Because it's being part of a group. It's mm. being part of a culture. Yeah. So the likelihood is that we'll get Biden and he'll lose the general election to Donald Trump, depending on what happens with the pandemic and with the recession, obviously. But all things being normal, he would lose to Donald Trump in a fucking landslide. But even if he wins, we'll see. Um, I struggle to see any advantages that will be gained from no, that victory. No, I don't. I, I think under Biden, um, white supremacist reactionary terrorism will continue to grow. Yep. I think the conservative war on women's rights will continue yep. to succeed. 
I don't think he's necessarily um, more of a secure bulwark. Against, you know, uh, people are like fingering Trump constantly as the culprit for these Ooh, uh. issues. Everywhere, but it's been you know the evangelicals have been campaigning on anti rights issues for women for fifty years. Yeah, and it's begun to bear fruit. It was bearing fruit under Obama. Trump is an extrusion, and of the white system. supremacist terrorism has been building at least since the eighties. Yeah, you know, under Reagan, it started becoming a kind of noticeable thing. Mm. Possibly because it began to deviate from what was then becoming mainstream opinion sufficiently to become like a, yeah. a kind of standalone I mean, I, faction as opposed to just completely normal. There's a Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a mistake in, in trying to pinpoint any yeah. point in US history where right-wing yeah, yeah. Uh, ultra-white nationalist supremacy became a thing because you can draw it all the way back. This is all true. All the way back to the slave trade. I, I suppose think. I'm just thinking of like the modern militia. Yeah, yeah. That so when, when it sort of It's more about identifying into, stages, isn't it, than anything else? Yeah. When did it become about fucking... When did it when take did they become this form? When did they become fat? Uh, <laughs> and and it became uh, I can answer that question. <clears throat> when the internal combustion engine displaced horses. <laughs> yeah. When did it become about gathering in, like, poorly built wood-panelled bedrooms in, in the Midwest and the South with... Reconstruction. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, we're getting somewhere. We're building a roadmap. We're building a map. Uh, yeah. When did it become about relying on um, sea monkeys to fund <laughs> terrorist <laughs> groups? <laughs> the world is so fucking dumb. <laughs> It's agony. Sales for a... How did they let us get away with this bullshit? Where's the adult? (laughs) The adults are the problems. Increasingly. Oh, we are. We're in our 30s now. Yeah. Fuck. Thanks, dude. There's no, like, meaningful... uh, We can, you know, gain more knowledge and gain more expertise, but there's no meaningful threshold. Old authority that we have to cross at this point. Just superficial ones. Moral authority, I should say, rather than... Obviously, you know, we could become the chief of police, but... We oh, couldn't. But, I mean, you know, hypothetically... Hypothetically... Could become. Are we even allowed to join the police at our age and fitness level? That's unlikely. I reckon we could get away with it. Fake police, maybe. The station police. Yeah, I don't mind. I've I've come around a bit on the PSOs. Yeah. Just because mostly they seem like people who need a job. It's... And... Well... There's, there's two mm, PSOs. Sympathy for the devil. Right. right. There's... Well, it's not sympathy for the devil. Yeah. Because some of them are the devil, who yeah. are, like, people who want to be the police. <laughs> yeah. The people who were restraining and choking out uh, school kids. Yeah. For fair evasion, those guys. But there's also, like, very clearly... People and there were two of them at uh, West Richmond Station a couple mm. of weeks ago. Like, really, obviously, were just like trying to find work. And after ages of job hunting, they were yeah. like, "Ah, fuck it." <laughs> There's always those guys. There's those guys in the ticket inspectors, and you know, sometimes they'll go soft on people. There's those guys in parking inspectors. There's those guys guarding See, prisons. But less sympathy cannot- for the inspectors, right? Yeah, but PSOs don't like have a fine quota. They mostly... It's, it's hypothetically just, like, possible for a PSO to, to be doing good work. So, it, yeah, well, I'm thinking I'm sure more of like some. just no work. They just loaf about the yeah. station and that's fine. Yeah. 
Yeah. And on, on the evening in question, was I the person who had to handle the drunk? Yes, I was. But I wasn't distressed that they weren't intervening. I've gotten very good at handling drunks. Yeah. Last week at work, I had to um, clothe and clean a naked man in a cubicle while yeah. his girlfriend screamed at him, nice. which was fun. <laughs> Why did you have to clothe him? Why was he, he naked? He was now because we, we were locking up the club and trying to leave, and he was just yeah. you know naked in a cubicle. Yeah, it would have been over quite quickly if his. Um, she just kept saying that she was a paramedic. I'm like, awesome. Use your training then and stop yeah. screaming abuse at the disorientated person. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. clearly not this absorbing part this of lesson. The paramedics. Like, yeah. <laughs> give him a talking to tomorrow. Right now, I just need him clothed and out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Poor old. Um, I'll call him Bill. Bill. Yeah, it was a, that was a weird night for me, Kieran. Same as it ever was. Uh, yeah. And that was my first, that was my last shift before coronavirus effectively closed yeah. the venue. So are you basically out on your ass? I have Oz study. No, I didn't mean like uh, financially. I meant just in turn, just with oh, work wise. Um, pretty well, work wise. Yeah, it's just shut. Uh, it's it's like it's it's they've got a couple of events that they're going to polish off. Mm. Um, I've turned to take myself off the active roster because there are staff who need the work more than I do. Yeah, because um, I don't have Oz study. Mm. But yeah, pretty well. We this week we had thirty five bookings on Sunday. By Tuesday it had dropped down to three. Yeah. Um, and it looks like yeah, we're probably going to have to just be open to like for members. Yeah. And members will have to serve themselves. Yeah. On an honor system, which is awful. Um, there are staff who've been at the club for ages. Yeah. Who we want to look after, but the bowls club doesn't have the resources of the DHS. Yeah. What's like, it? What are you supposed to do? Yeah. yeah. It runs on a pretty fucking, all of its savings just got spent on much needed renovations as mm. well. So there's, yeah, no, there's, not, there's not even like a pool where we can be like, Oh, well here's the resource pool. Yeah. That was supposed to get rebuilt this year. Yeah. 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 I've, I've really maybe for the first time in living memory lucked out, with regards to, well, I guess I've lucked out in the past, but yeah, no, I've, I've been extremely fortunate in this, in that like Deacon, I started teaching Deacon agreed to honor its casual contracts before the extent of the virus was known. So <laughs> sucked in. idiots, idiots. And now I'm, well, also they need us to maintain any sort of revenue stream. Uh, because all of them, all of They're the teachers all are casual. Die. So. The universities are on the brink of collapse. Mm. I am both saddened and elated by this fact. Well, I mean, uh, I could have finished my fucking qualification, and I'd like to. I would also like to finish my course. See, v Victoria University mm. is so extremely low profile and mm. garbage that we have virtually no uh, foreign student reliance. That's good. I mean, it's just like people abroad haven't even heard of VU. Yeah. Most Australians haven't. <laughs> Most people who work for VU think they work for Monash. <laughs> yeah. So we've both, we've both moved online. You're learning online now. I haven't received any information about the next class. Yeah. So this, I had to do the exam online. Yeah. Um, the next class, I'm assuming because the restrictions are like, what is it, uh, over 100 people? You can't have 100 plus people, or is it 101 plus people? Regardless. Yeah, I don't know, I think... Yeah. Because the tuition Later. sizes are pretty small, it's yeah. like 15 to 20 people per class, I think they're planning mm -hmm. on continuing to run them. 
I wouldn't hold out much hope for long because we were in the same boat. Uh, twenty, we have like twenty three is our maximum class size, and at the start of the week, I was supposed to be teaching on campus, and then uh, a couple of days ago, we uh, got moved online. So tomorrow, it's gonna I suck. Have I have to uh, teach online on Black. I'm gonna be sitting in this room, this junk hole. Good. How am I supposed to? Split my identity into professional Kieran and, and animal Kieran. Well, fortunately, I mean, because you're teaching mm. writing, yeah. um, the background will probably be quite reassuring. Well, they're not going to look at me because I don't have a fucking webcam. Oh, so you're just going to be talking. Are, webcams are sold out for fucking minimum 1,600 kilometers in every direction. Well, I have a... I, I, my, I, got, I got my headset, my, my gaming yeah. headset today. Oh, nice. I'm prepared for the quarantine. I'll yeah. still be able to hang out with friends. I fucked up because I... You been... are my only PlayStation Network friend, I think. Oh, no, I've got Rosebud as well. Yeah. You and Rosebud are my two PlayStation cool. I don't have a PlayStation. <laughs> you don't have a PlayStation anymore. <laughs> I borrowed a PlayStation for like five months, but I don't have one. I've been wanting to get one for a while. It's just done poor. <laughs> you can get a better one than me. You can get the Pro. The Pro's out. And get a high yeah. performance one. Yeah. If well, I mean, again, we can do pure heists. fantasy. We can do heists together. Yeah. 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 We'll see. Maybe I'll. I guess I'm earning money now teaching. I want to buy drums though, electronic drums. You can get a. a you don't have to get a new PlayStation. You can buy one from a deceased estate or a, a young yeah. person who. I don't know. Didn't get the results he promised his parents and was forced mm. to sell it. Yeah. Somebody who's lost all of their works because of the coronavirus and they're desperately selling all of their belongings to oh, keep their light. Capitalism, down. yes! They lose, the silver I win. Lining. They lose, I win! Oh, Kieran, we've made a terrible mistake. Capitalism's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It's a pirate's life for me. <laughs> I will build yeah. my church on this sea of tears. Maybe we can... Maybe we can pivot. This can be a... Uh, like a financial we, literacy All we have to podcast. do... What's well, not a financial literacy podcast. Well, financial literacy it's, just it's, means... It's how I capitalism. stopped worrying and learned to hate everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It'll be the best. Uh, yeah, quarantine. I fucked up because I've been playing video games recently. I played Metal Gear Solid Five, which I've been wanting to play for ages, and I played through Dark Souls 3, which I never finished. Now the quarantine happens and I'm like, oh, I can't, no more games for a little bit. I've been putting off too many other things. Well, if you do get properly quarantined, mm. I, my recommendation, we read Dead Redemption 2, which you haven't played Red Dead yet. Dead Redemption 2. That's I've, a good one. I've got that planned. I there's, to do. there's some tension mm. between the narrative that Rockstar have meticulously set up and the fact that they let you do free. Yeah, writing. yeah, yeah. So there, there are various points where the gang are like, oh, we just need a couple more dollars and we can escape to Jamaica or wherever. Yeah. And like, I've got 12 grand. Does, would that help? <laughs> How do I give it to the gang? Uh, we need no. to run the train. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. there's $40 on that train. <laughs> yeah. Which is nice. That thing where it's just like, I'm just not that sort of man, I guess. And then the cutscene ends and you turn around and immediately punch your horse. Trying to climb <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. I've seen, I've seen clips. <laughs> I haven't played it, but I've seen clips. Yeah, I got to do Dark Souls 2 as well. Oh, uh, the times. Scholar of the done. First Sin. Yeah, I've never I've never done that one. That seems to be set in the um, Lordran um, analogue for Scotland. Yeah, it's, a, it's meant to be a bit weird and different, the setting. It was a different team, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. 
It's, up, it's considered to be um, declass by many Dark Souls connoisseurs. Yeah, but it's also got a bit of a cult reputation as the most fun one for, among some. Although yeah, well, looks... that would be why the connoisseurs don't like it then. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Dark Souls 3 was good. After a lonely, alienating, miserable, repetitive day, finally I'm home to fucking relax by playing Dark Souls. I'll tell you what, playing through Dark Souls 3 fucking romped it. It's just more proof that these games are always better on a second playthrough. Yeah. And when you go like, oh, my attempt to build a dexterity build where I use the whip uh, was just making things needlessly complicated. How about a big sword? And then you're like, this is fun. (laughs) <laughs> and it's much easier, and you just over level. Yeah, I found like, okay, uh, okay. I found the pyromancer run through has been uh, actually quite delightful in Dark the original yeah. in Dark Souls. Well, it's the remastered. Dark yeah, Souls yeah, remastered. yeah. The HD to the servant of chaos root. Yeah, the witches of Isagarth um, jam you up with all sorts yeah. of extra explodey powers. Isolith, which I Isolith. don't I don't correct you to embarrass you, just that I couldn't stand if my reputation in the international Dark Souls community were allowed to be spoiled. I couldn't give a fuck what those nerds think. Yeah. Um, I did, however, conflate them with Saruman the White. Yes, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is what happened. Um, yeah, wonderful. All like. Hmm dark fire jam they give you you can yeah. just walk around crackling and toasting everything that comes it makes near you. sense to just be like fucking powerful because you know what ornstein and smo weren't mm. designed for yeah. area of effect attacks that's well, what they weren't designed for pyromancer tears them to pieces honestly that's one of the most interesting things about the game design is when you play a different build you notice that you struggle with different people so yeah. like i my first playthrough of dark souls 3 was with a rapier and there were some enemies that i beat much more easily and some that i really struggled with big sword totally different most <laughs> things are easier really uh, with a big sword yeah that makes sense but there are there Wait are till your case- third playthrough when you join me on the fire magic side <laughs> yeah yeah it's I, brilliant yeah it's like the difference between um boxing when you're in a lower weight division than your opponent or playing 10 pin bowling with the bumpers up yeah that's literally the difference in experience it's Mm. gets you so you you, you, but you don't play for as long yeah obviously because you just like the pyromancy run is about finding all the things that were difficult and just cathartically tearing them yeah, to pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, is apt. For, Very um, apt, but it's less about the experience of playing the game. And yeah. Kind of that, that, as they say, that classic Soulsy experience. Yeah, it is good to feel the despair. It's got a bit of role play in it, though, as well. Yeah. I like the idea because the swamp people are supposed to be heretical outsiders yeah. who are cursed, yep. even by the accursed. Hmm. So it's quite. I like the idea that one of them's the one that comes and saves the day. Yeah. Becomes the Dark Lord, enslaves the world snakes. Yeah. Whatever the fuck those guys are. Yeah, yeah. They're not in the third one. The Primordial Serpents. Really? That's a shame. I quite liked them. I did do the, the secret ending. the the Or not secret, but the one that requires a bit more. It requires you to do a quest line uh, to, do it, to get it. And uh, I finished it and the cutscene is like less than two minutes. And I, I just did have that thing where... I realized at the wrong time, my suspension of disbelief shattered. And I was like, this was pointless. Yeah. There's no, there's <laughs> nothing meaningful because Dark Souls 3 doesn't have the sort of like, this uh, is the same momentum and originality that the first one with had. like the, the kind of the existential mm. world building that from software do, mm. there is a very real <laughs> danger that you're going to realize that it's all completely pointless. Yeah. 
I went hollow. <laughs> 20 seconds from credits rolling, I went hollow myself. Uh, I think we I think we fucking got away from the US politics thing, but it's just depressing. We successfully snuck away. We escaped. Well, yeah. I, what, what's there for us to add to US politics? Uh, nothing. I don't you think... Know? I don't think... It, it, Bernie might still win, but probably won't. Uh, There's going to be it's going to be horrible um, when the US healthcare system fails. Yeah, the yeah. It's public. Be, um, I didn't want to. I don't want to crow that about that much. or be like, ah, oh, we were right because yeah. that would be an appallingly bad. Millions taste. have died. <laughs> vindicated again. Ah, being right in the face yeah. of tragedy. Yeah. Goes down smooth like a Cooper's Mild Ale. Uh, what are, there are some some things that people have been realizing. So these are not my thoughts, but they're things that I want to highlight. One, we're seeing who the essential workers are, and there seems to be a strong correlation between how essential a worker is to society and how shittily they're treated. Uh, which is to say, the people who are treated shitty often have essential roles, and the people who are treated like fucking princes and princesses uh, just get to, like, take eight weeks off and go to their fucking bunker on Little St. James Island with Peter Thiel. Uh, they, they don't still use Little St. James, surely. No, I imagine that that is something of a used tissue, not to paint too evocative. Too graphic a picture. Out of respect for Jeffrey, they don't use it anymore. It's been memorialized. <laughs> <laughs> you go there to pay it's your been respects. re-consecrated. Yeah. <laughs> You burn another, like, small nation month's worth of fossil fuels going to St. James, uh, Little St. James, to, to pray at the shrine. So they light a candle the, made from yeah. the rendered fat of a human child. Yeah, they've turned the sex temple into a sort of memorial temple. And then you burn another small nation's month's worth of fossil fuels going to the new sex island. Uh, so that's insight number one. Marilla. Uh, what was insight number two? Yeah, just that like uh, there's a, there's a definite poetic quality to the fact that it feels like all of these forces are coming together all at once to publicly prove Bernie Sanders' entire political project right. Uh, just at the moment that he's being ignored. Yeah, it's um. So, the Bernie Sanders. Uh, Joe Biden competition. Mm. I was tr- I was I was trying to wrap my head around what it really felt like, and to me, it feels like a poorly written, just kind of going back to the the um, Red Dead Redemption, mm. which is not poorly written. Yeah. It's actually quite nicely written, but it can be uh, part of a group of games where where where, where there's a problem between the free ranging world mm. that they tell you they want you to play with. And the extremely constrictive plot that they yeah. decide you have to follow. Bethesda are actually the worst offenders yeah, for this, oh, yeah, right? Because yeah. they are not as good at writing as they think they are. No. Well, perhaps they were. because well, they, they fired... Or I don't know if they fired, but Michael Kirkbride left. Michael and Kirk he was Bride the left. only thing holding that extremely intricate machine together. Yeah, pretty much. So... And so- <laughs> Now we... From the weird gnosis to like, hail, traveler. Ah, a sneak thief, I see. Like, what the fuck? Hell? Goodness, it would be a terrible thing if we joined the cult of Sithis, wouldn't it? <laughs> ah, and yes, you're simultaneously the world hero and also a very junior member of the Thieves Guild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Getting bullied by just... Anyway, um, so yeah, there's this tension between that and then the plot kicks in and you mm. have to follow the plot regardless of how ill the poorly the plot now fits into the world you've built and it feels very much like that's what's happened to the democratic convention 
Yeah. It feels like the player free roam experience was all about Bernie Sanders and mm. the programmers were just like, no, <laughs> this is the main quest line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You try to kill Biden and he just goes, oh, and falls down and then gets up 30 <laughs> seconds later. Yeah. And he's like, oh my God, he is an essential NPC. Yeah. Absolutely. And he's like, hello, Jack. When I was, <laughs> when I was a young boy. <laughs> <laughs> Constant aggression zero, though. Yeah, so he yeah. just keeps trying to offer you the quest yeah. over and over again. He's and, Preston Garvey from it, fucking Fallout. He's yeah. Pre- Until ah, you ask him about his policies. Another centrist <laughs> needs your help. You ask him about his policies and that makes him go aggro. <laughs> <laughs> like the Why bar. don't you just vote for Trump? Why don't you? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I fucking will. Um on the his the the character models for his sister and his wife are just the same, but they're a palette swap. <laughs> got different hair, yeah. yeah. One's got red hair, one's got strawberry blonde. Mm. <laughs> Marvelous. Color number six and color number seven on the, the character creation. I just I'm pulling up a photograph because mm. we have got Australian politics to think of as well. Ugh. And it's a, it's a, well no it's a morsel of, it's a treat. Um, Robin sent this to me. Uh, if I can find the damn thing. Mm. She wanted to know why the picture looked wrong. Yeah. Okay. It is our great Prime Minister, um, Scott Morrison, sitting in front of books, uh, as great leaders do. Oh, is this the one with the Tony Blair book in the background? It's Tony Blair's biography. Yeah. Right. So, my analysis, he's sitting far too close to the books, is one of the reasons it looks weird. But none of them are leather-bound, serious volumes, and there's... Picture's worth... It's from Channel 9 News. We should mm. see if we can somehow link this picture mm. to the public. Yeah, I'll put it. In, I'll put a link in the episode description. If you zoom in, it's not only Tony Blair's memoirs. You've also got, like... There's actually... There's a, there's a book that we both have, which is 1759, the year mm. Britain won the world, by Frank McLean, mm. which is embarrassing. It's a, it's a history of the Seven Years' War. Mm. It's an interesting book, but it's not... The thing is, it's a smart-esque book for stupid people, and all of the books on Scummo's shelf are smart-esque books for stupid people. It's fucking marvellous. There's systematic theology. There's biographies of Napoleon, Nelson, and Wellington. I always wonder... He's the most off-the-shelf fucking wrecked idiot you can possibly think of. I often wonder about, like, when a person like Scott Morrison is reading a Napoleon biography, what's fucking happening in his brain? Just the... It doesn't look like it's been Music, and he's, like, off doing something else while he just turns the pages at the correct time. Like... I can't... I refuse to believe that he's really absorbing much information, even from the idiot's version of... Uh... Of these books, I don't think these books have been read. Well, that's. The I other think this obvious. is what this is why it's funny, right? Is that this mm. is Scott Morrison's hand-picked display cabinet his... of clever person's books, yes, yes, and they yes, are not. Yes, yes, yes. They are smart-esque books see, for yeah. morons. <laughs> mm. He's got them in a fucking glass display case. Yeah, yeah, the glass display, <laughs> display cases, which is for like a proper. Mm. You know, if you're doing this properly, you have like you know. Gray's Anatomy and Lucretius on the Nature of Things and, you know, various kind of Parliament Hansard volumes and so forth. You don't have... Oh, and some law reports. Not fucking popular academic garbage. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um, colourful paperback labels. It's just funny. That scene, uh, which is from his address to the nation, uh, used to good effect in Mad as Hell, last night's episode, Sean McAuliffe's Mad as Hell. I fucking, I really strongly, I've I've been watching it consistently because I'll watch anything that McAuliffe does just about. Uh, uh, I really recommend that people watch it because now they don't have a studio audience. Oh, really? Yes. I would love to They've watch it. stopped having studio audience. So go onto iView sometime and watch it because it's fucking surreal. And at first you're just going to think like, this doesn't really work without the, the laughs or whatever. But you see peppered in the little, the drops of surrealism that they're going to have to start relying on to keep the show... Uh, Mikhail's very good at surrealism. Yeah. His tilting room sketch, which was stolen for that game oh, show, yeah, yeah. is one of my favourites. Yeah, the whole series of... That's a fucking masterpiece. It's and he genius. Did, he did two tilting rooms, and they were both yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his show, Welcher and Welcher, which is like an extremely minor Welcher footnote, and Welcher was really funny. It's got some... There's that amazing, like... This was... It probably seems like pretty boilerplate now but there's a joke where it's like oh what's the worst that could happen when somebody's going driving and then a smash cut to a vw beetle spitting in a circle on its roof uh in the middle of the street which just like at the time pre-family guy really fucking ruining shit like that uh was a master strike oh seth he ruins everything anyway uh mad as hell is fucking strange as hell (laughs) haha Uh, at the moment and I recommend people watch it just because I'm really curious to see where it goes it also seems much more uh, bitter and or rather the bitterness that's inherent to the way that it's written already is coming through much more strongly I'm glad you mentioned it because they're actually the books that Sean Mm. McAuliffe would choose to have as a comedy back piece for an idiot character he was very taken with that scene they did two extended bits (laughs) on it including a like a pretty brilliant piece of green screen work that sounds fun I was also reminded of Chris O'Dowd in the IT crowd Mm. when he first meets Jen Mm. and introduces oh I'm sorry Maurice and myself were just discussing books and such (laughs) (laughs) absolutely you you just know that when you go to meet Scott Morrison and it's the first time that you've met he takes you through that room uh, on your way somewhere and he just turns and gestures at the (laughs) glass cabinet and he's like books and takes you through the other door on the way to the cafeteria or whatever yeah what a boob uh i think we should finish this is the bleakest episode yet yeah uh, and it's, listener don't <laughs> be mistaken you what, it doesn't look like the lowest point on a curve either it doesn't no it'll probably get bleaker but that's hopefully, all right hopefully what we'll a have, shot of there'll be more substantive things to discuss though yeah. because next time we meet we mm. will actually know what the government's well hopefully Mm. Fucking hopefully the next time we meet, we might know what the government's policy proposals are. <laughs> yeah. Other than Daniel Andrews going, uh, it's the state of emergencies. Yeah. What are we doing, Daniel Andrews? Uh, it's the state of emergency. Yeah. Fracking. What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That one. Uh, it's important so that we all just, lay... By the way, Victoria yeah. is fracking now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They opened up onshore, <laughs> uh, offshore gas exploration, onshore gas exploration. Not just fracking, but a whole bunch of like A lot of, a lot of uh, everything that's... The 
whole point of him was he wasn't going to do, and that's yeah. why we tolerated everything else about him. Uh, we're now There's doing so many so. of these fucking things going through. They're trying an encryption bill sort of thing in the US as well. And, oh, uh, it's marvelous. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Daniel Andrews, uh, <laughs> that one treasure. Slip it past us, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no such luck. That that is a good point. This he just tells the public he's looking for a vein of toilet paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Underground, there's a mother load. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fucking thing, right? Uh, if people, we need to remind Streets people are when paved all with toilet paper when... in Melbourne. <laughs> Marvelous Melbourne. Uh, listen, when all of this is over, when a vaccine is developed, assuming best case scenario or like a good outcome. When a vaccine is developed and we return to quote-unquote normal life, we need to fucking relentlessly hammer home how scary these uh, months were and remind people that if climate change isn't addressed, this is going to seem like the fucking fond nostalgia times. This is going to seem like the story about the bread. Yeah. The story about the beans. (laughs) (laughs) Remember coronavirus quarantine when we were all joking and... We got a $500 stimulus check from the government or whatever fucking stupid thing happens. Not that that would be stupid. I would like that. I would put it towards a uh, to drums and a PlayStation. A it would be very stimulus. handy. If I don't have to put it towards food and bills. It would which... be very handy. I, I can put it towards my business that I work at being closed for three months. Yeah. Three to four months. But I've, I've, I've finally, like, caved in and become a bowling, like, actual club member. So I yeah, can go right. and practice my lawn bowls. Yeah. I got some bowls the from the West of... Dubbo Bowls Club. Nice. They're brown henselites, which means that they've got old school curve. So they swing across, like, two other lanes on their way back Yeah, in. cool. It'll be nice. fun. Good. Yeah. Can play pennant and get sworn at by old people. Yeah. Nice. It's good for the old people to be like to have a chance to be like genuinely angry with youngsters, and mm. I think joining their games is a really good way for them to have that outlet. Yeah. Well, they share some culpability in all of this. If this is a divine punishment from God, we're all in the fucking shit. Our old ones are pretty cool at the Bowls Club. I know, I know the Bowls Club people are probably fine. Well, there They're was not- a fascist, but. Actually, there were two fascists, but they have mm. both moved on to Auburn Bowls Club, I oh, believe. Um, it does feel a bit more their speed. Yeah. Well, no, one Not of... that Auburn is unduly fascist, just that, you know, maybe it, you can... I was really impressed with the way they were tolerated at mm. Richmond, to be honest, I've got to say. Yeah. <laughs> People were enormously patient with them. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they both ended up being suspended. And then they decided that the yeah. problem was the club, and so they went off to. Yeah, of course. This one of the bowls wanted... club is too radical. This bowl, well, I mean, certainly for a bowls club, it's on the leading edge of mm. not being an old white man's haven. Sure. I think we're running out of things to say. Yeah, it's goodbye from me. You can access. Oh, fuck Your off! Phone's phone. going off. I know it's. If we'd have finished, it's this. Five um, ago, it's this, this never benighted girlfriend I've got. Listen, uh, listener, I hope you're doing Being well. Being affectionate and loving. Because, no, you know, women... I hope you're taking care of yourself. You know yourself. what they're like, women, with their, uh, their games something to do in the quarantine. That they play. That you're, you know, finding a way to stay productive. Always asking same, for things. Uh, Being lonely with wine. Remember that, that this is not... Jail, Chris Christopherson. Not the Don't end. forget. Uh, yeah. Might be the end of capitalism. 
It's not going to be the end of capitalism. No, it's not. We are not going to win this fight, Kieran. We are going to die. That's all right. That's what left-wing politics is, a series of losing battles mm-hmm. on the hope that one day, maybe, Joe Biden might say the N-word on live national television. Ooh, that's a thought. It's always a possibility. It's always a roll of the dice. It will be interesting when he debates Trump to see which of them is the first one to reveal what they really think about the black community. I don't think that Donald Trump is like... Like, I think he's racist, but I don't think that he's... I don't know. I think he's fine. Uh, With Biden as the new standard, Donald Trump is like a fucking sane, healthy individual. What, because he didn't defend segregation? (laughs) I'm not saying he has good politics. I'm just saying I don't think he's going to use the N-word on a debate stage. I think he's a bit too canny. No, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't suggesting that he'd use the N-word. I'm just Mm. thinking more in terms of like through just general expression and casual conversation, just which one will express their contempt and dismissiveness Uh, for ethnic minorities first. Biden. Yeah, you reckon? Because he's already done it. <laughs> no, but debating each other. Yeah, yeah. They've both already done it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Uh, I think Biden. Because I think Donald Trump will cynically be like, black folks, we love them. We love them and they love us. Bye bye, Joe. Racist Joe over there. Yeah. That could be the nickname he settles on. Yeah. Racist Joe uh, doesn't like buses. Bad guy. Very, very, very bad. Yeah. Me, I love buses. I was saying it. I'm time. very interested in public transport getting on and all of myself. the germs that you have on buses. Mm. Well, other Donald Trump impressions are available, <laughs> um, but none yeah. of them are good because his voice is virtually impossible for a human being to replicate. Well, isn't this like it's a, not an accent? Isn't a, this the miraculous a, thing that like still Tony Adamaniak is really the only person who can do it? Yeah, there's a there's also a guy who works for Private Eye, the yeah. satirical magazine, but he's a he's a very small circulation on this side of the world. Yeah, it's really and about... in America and in Britain. I don't mm. think Private Eye. <laughs> 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 no, it's yeah. not what it used to. I know to be. a guy. I know, I know a, guy a guy who does one. I think Donald Trump impressions is, is that is a, it's like folk music. It's no longer about doing the 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 definitive like your cover making your cover it sound exactly the same no, as the original rocky road to it, it? it's, it's, it's about, about putting your own of, yeah so i love them all equally or not the, equally but i love them all whoever does the um cartoon president trump yeah. voice is all right i haven't i haven't seen that i'd say don't mind it i don't know if i can take it i i i'm and this isn't a value judgment on whether it's good or not i just don't know if i can take that the concept the cultural object of it i'll give it a shot but i'm not promising very little of it's actually about trump past the first the first season's very trump centric yeah but after that they spend a lot more time exploring the auxiliary characters is it my cartoon president where uh there's the thing where there's the thing in the senate and hillary yells something at bernie and he says you need to get help it's not healthy yeah yeah that's the one clip i've seen of it then which wasn't bad, I guess. I'm losing my fucking it's not mind. Bad. 
Uh, we have to go, listener. I'm sorry we're keeping you here. Uh, I have to learn how to teach entire classes of creative writers online and somehow handle asking a class of people online for comments. And I have to Can find we get the a... motivation to study properly without the yeah. big knobbly stick of having to go to class. Yeah. So who's having a worse time, tutors or students? I'm getting paid at least, so students. Students. And students are paying. I have a um, concession healthcare card which entitles me to cheaper public transport. That's true. I can't get a new staff card because campus is shut. <laughs> <laughs> Students are winning. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. We should go uh, for a pint. Anybody listening to this, by the way, mm. while the venue's uh, still alive, still got its pulse going... Take take your chance. Take a chance to keep it going. Visit mm. your venue, whatever your venue may be, your local. Buy some drinks there. Try to keep the bartenders going. I don't discount what you're saying, but I would like to acknowledge that all of these things exist on the weird continuum of supporting businesses versus gathering in large numbers. It's not so about that, make... though, because there mm. won't be large numbers. These places are empty. Yeah, if there's an empty place safe. where you can maintain a good 1.5 metre distance between yourself and the nearest patron. Continue to practice social distancing, but also have a, have a pint at your I wish I had somewhere near here that I could go and drink at that wasn't fucking 115. We'd go to the curtain. The curtain's not near here. Not near here, but it's, you know, it's nice. I'm not going all the way. Listener, we'll see you at the curtain. All right. Bye. You agree with me. See you bye. If you want to help, go to Joe 30303. Oh, three, uh, oh, Joe 303333. Uh, three. Listen, Jack. Biden, Biden, gotta keep hiding, Biden. Can't let people know that his brain is melting, Biden. Biden, gotta keep hiding Biden Everybody's looking forward to November